I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are off and running here out at the Concourse here at Capital One Arena, live from the Washington Wizards NBA Draft Party. Linnell Willingham, Chris Naki here with you till 10 o'clock tonight. And Naki, we're about an hour away from figuring oh, out man we have to wait an hour a whole hour well we're not going to figure out the wizards pick till probably about 8 30 here tonight but victor Wembanyama uh, slated to go number one overall the wizards at pick number eight naki have a lot of different options but i want to set the scene here for the fans real quickly michael winger hired as the new president of monumental basketball and has come in and made sweeping changes him along with will dawkins and travis schlank have done an excellent job from the get-go, Chris, revamping this roster and giving this team financial flexibility and assets that they haven't had in a long time. Well, and you also wonder if this is under his direction or the owner's direction, yeah. the burn-it-down yeah. sort of a, a way to go. They have effectively, not effectively, they have actually mathematically wiped out $80 million off the books. I'd that, love to gain $80 million that, on my books. That is, uh, <laughs> that's significant, and I don't know when the last time was we've seen that number uh, by an organization in any sport. So, uh, you know, you had to, with any sort of rebuild comes a certain amount of pain. Yeah. And I hate to use the the phrase made popular north of here, but at some point in time you have to believe in the process. (laughs) You know, you have to believe that what you're doing, the course that you've charted is the right one. Yeah. And and you're going to make some missteps. I mean, even look look at Philadelphia, as competitive as they are right right now after that, "Quote unquote process." They missed out on a lot of guys. Yeah, they took Markel Fultz instead of uh, Tatum. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they made they made some serious gaps. They 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 chose poorly when it came down uh, to Jimmy buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, and they and they kept Tobias Harris instead. So, you know, it's not an easy. It's a lot more art than science. Yeah. It's not an easy path. You just have to believe in what you're doing. Definitely, and the big-time trade that went down earlier this afternoon, the completion of the Bradley Beal deal, it sends Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors, and the big asset that Washington receives back uh, is Jordan Poole. We were talking about him while Craig was on the set with us, Chris. I I, want to get your feelings on Jordan Poole because there is uh, the thought process of maybe he's not here long-term because of some of the off-the-court drama he had in Golden State with Draymond Green. But, but inheriting him on this basketball team, Chris, I think represents a great opportunity for both sides because we know the talent is there when it comes to Jordan Poole. It's about oozing it out of him. I'm sort of torn on Poole, and here's why. Okay. The, the good is that he is, he's is he got that singular NBA skill set. He can really get buckets. Fill he it can up, really man. score. Yeah. Um, I think that he, and I, he, of course, he was at Michigan, so we saw him play in the mm-hmm. Big Ten for a number of years. He wasn't this guy in the Big Ten. Much more... Uh, more of a, a wing, really, than anything else. 
and uh, not a, quite a shot happy as he is right now. Uh, you know, he appeared to model everything that he did after S- Steph Curry, which is not a bad. I'm right. not, you got to have a role model, right? Exactly. You got to have somebody that you want to emulate for sure. I I think that there is sort of some selfish, selfishness to his game, but that's sort of the hallmark of an NBA player, anyways. Right. And that's one of the things also that gives that makes him a badass. You know, that makes him good. Definitely, and and we were talking about it with you with them gutting this roster, Chris. Someone's got to lace them up and get out there next summer, next year. <laughs> I, I'm not minimizing the fact that you got to have somebody that people pay to yeah, see. Yeah, he's exciting. You know, and and you got to you're you're not people aren't paying to watch a 16 point a game guy. Right. I mean, you you need those guys on your bench. You need all the support guys you can help. But man, you know, Oscar Schmidt, the great Brazilian superstar, said, you know, some guys play the piano. Some guys carry the piano, <laughs> and you need some freaking piano players in yeah. here, you know. And yeah. uh, I think that's a lesson to be learned on any professional team. You got to have yeah. some legit talent, if for no other reason, to get people in here to watch it. Definitely, and the rebuild and the reconstruction of this roster in full effect. Uh, the official haul for Bradley Beal and Chris Tapps Porzingis turns into Jordan Poole, Tyus Jones for the Memphis Grizzlies, Landry Shamit. Uh, from the Phoenix Suns, eight second-round picks in total, Naki, four first-round pick swaps and a, and a protected first-round pick. When you look at the other assets outside of Jordan Poole, what are you most excited about? I, I suppose the picks. Uh, yeah. I, 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 would be, I would be excited about Tyus. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to be here, so yeah. I'm not going to get that job. Well, I guess you say it's that. a good thing if he's not here, right? Yeah, and, and the, the other thing is, is if you're looking to make deals, you've got to have trade collateral in yeah. this day and age. And so you've, now you've banked some collateral, and you don't uh, you look at the guys who are really good at this, mm-hmm. the GM stuff, you know, is it is it not every year that Danny Ainge has twelve picks in the draft? I, I don't understand how. He and, keeps doing and Brad Stevens somehow magically he's always got a handful in his back pocket, right? And so, so you see how how it's done, and you you're not going to be successful if you don't have that kind of a um, you know ability and flexibility with your you know with your options. Yeah, it's something that I, I really like about the financial flexibility that they have, Naki. I don't think it's they're going to use that to go out this summer and try to sign. $80 million worth of free agents. I think at the trade deadline, Washington now becomes that destination where contenders go, look, I'm trying to get off of this bad contract. Let me send them to Washington, attach a first-round pick to it, and then that's how you keep building it through the Wizards. Yeah, that may be the way to go. Um, but, but again, up until, you know, with, with for instance, you look at the roster that they had last year, mm-hmm. they never had that kind of an option. No. <laughs> you know, you don't have right. that. You don't have the, the cap room. You don't have the flexibility. You really yeah. don't have the picks that you can give up if, in fact, there's some sort of a swapping of picks. Now the world's your oyster a little bit. Yeah. And you do, uh, you know, when you combine it with a new cap and with the new sort of, I, I hate to use this term because it never really applies to NBA owners, but <laughs> fiscal responsibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. so responsible. Yeah, well, now they're going to be, I yeah. think, because of the way the cap works because it is really punitive yep. uh, the way the cap works. So I think you'll find these guys being a lot more responsible than they've ever been. Something I wanted to talk about as well, Chris, the remaining guys on this roster. I look at the young cats in particular, Denny Avdia getting ready to go into a contract year. Corey Kispert, the final 15 games of last season, looked like white chocolate out there. was really getting buckets. <laughs> look, he was. He was damn good for Washington. When you look at those two young pieces, Avdia going into the contract year and Kispert trying to build off of last year, who do you think has got the, mo- the most upside here for Washington? Well, I will tell you that it, one of the things that last year showed us mm-hmm. with – with Kuzma and Porzingis, 
is there's nothing that's more remarkable than an NBA player in his contract year. Because <laughs> right. these guys, man, you right. how about Porzingis, man, with all the games he played Come last on. year? I mean, he was uh, he was a star. He was uh, twenty three and eight, and all the blocks and the you know very good defender, underrated defender. You know, playing the, you know drop defense, protecting the rim. And um, and he came a long, long way, but a lot of that is because of the availability. Yeah, you know, because and and Kuzma, I thought Kuzma was remarkable, and I was really surprised. Well, I wasn't surprised when he opted out, of course, but the, the, what surprised me, Linnell, I maybe I knew this and mm-hmm. I'd forgotten it. I'd forgotten his his number for opting in and opting out was only thirteen. Oh yeah, it was a he's guarantee. Gonna, he's going to crush that exactly. number in, in free agency, and I I also I I think the Wizards will make an effort. And I mean effort in air quotes right. <laughs> to offer him something, yeah. you know. And I think that's to assuage fans a little bit. I think that, but I th- I think it, it it behooves you to do that. I mean, he's yeah. a guy who was produced last year. I thought he was really popular with fans. I was just talking to a to a season ticket holder who sits right down in mid court. He pays fourteen thousand dollars a year for two tickets, and he was kind of telling me his thought process, yeah. and he was he was like, you know, he couldn't believe how hard uh, Kuzma played because he knew that he just felt like there was some resentment but yeah. from Kuz about the amount of cash that Porzingis and, and Beal, especially Beal not playing. Right. You know, and there was – so you get that little animosity going in the locker room. That's never helpful either. Yeah. Uh, so – but that's a big number. It is. And those are the people you got to keep – Committing to to buying those seats and getting their opinion is what really matters. Fourteen thousand dollars. Well, he came here to share his opinion. He told me he came <laughs> right. here to share his opinion. Give a little bit of a nudge to Ted Leonsis. He, he, he said he was. It's funny. He mm-hmm. said he was going to raise hell on the way here, <laughs> and then he got the text mm-hmm. that you about the pull. trade. Yeah, and he, and he told, called his wife. He said, "I'm gonna hold off." Call, yeah, call <laughs> off the uh, the blow torches. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about the owner of this thing, Ted Leonsis, for a second, Chris, because I've been. Extremely critical of him over the past couple of years and their inability to put together a roster that's actually going to try and contend. For him to have the wherewithal to look himself in the mirror and say, you know what, the way I've been trying to do things isn't working. Let me bring in responsible basketball minds to come in and get this thing on the right track. And the thing that I love, Chris, giving them the autonomy to do so. Because it's hard as an owner when you know you're going to win 25 games in a year. Well, I mean, I don't think it's Ted's responsibility to put together the roster, Linnell. I, I thought I thought in retrospect he stayed with Ernie Grunfeld too long. Yeah. You know? Loyal to um, a fault. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ultimately you, you pay your GM to make those decisions. Yeah. And, and Ted is not one of those guys that's out there looking at film. and yeah. or Nobody looks at film anymore. I apologize. I'm an old guy. But, I mean, looks at... You know, video these guys and and makes, you know, and also Ted's not the guy who has atri- uh, uh, who has access to all your metrics guys right. who were there telling you about you know all the 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 kind of the nerdy wonky stuff you know so so um, that's what your GM is paid to do and uh, ultimately they they whiffed yeah I don't think there's Straight any way up. around it they they whiffed Straight and up. And, uh, and not only that I mean one of the things. That you, one of the things that I think you like as a sports fan, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, and we're all sports fans. That's why we do this, right? I want to like my team. Yeah. Do you? Did you like this team last year? It, it was hard because it it was frustrating watching them not play games. That was the thing that really drove me insane because they they sold us on the idea of the trio of Beal, 
Porzingis and Kuzma, that was going to be what was going to take us to the promised land. To see them in street clothes 65% of the time. Well, that was Bradley. Because Porzingis yeah. played a lot of games. Porzingis did play a lot. And, and Kuzma played a lot of games. I, I didn't well. like the way they shut him down at the end of the season, though. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I understand yeah. trying to open up minutes for your young cats to build into next season, but they were. I would have rather them make the play-in tournament. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have hurt me. Uh, but back to your original question, I, I expect big leaps from both those two guys. And and I, one of the things, I, I would expect Avdia to, to really rise uh, here. I hope so. Plays for a, plays a couple of, you talk about sort of positionless basketball, mm-hmm. multi-skilled guy who can play in multiple spots. The other thing is he's, of the guys you currently have on your roster, and you'd have to, I'd have to look to see who the, all the guys are. <laughs> but, right. He's the most willing defender that yeah, you have on your far. roster, but and it's not even close. So, you know, with all those, you consider all those things. I would guess it's him that would make the biggest jump, and yeah. he's got to be relishing the opportunity. There's a plethora. Think about all the shots. It's not just the eighty million dollars that have disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's how many shots a game is that? You, you're talking about sixty shots a game. Three twenty point per game score is gone. So yeah, sixty to seventy shots yeah. per game have, so. have, have, have gone. So he's going to have the ability to, you know, go buck wild, as the young folks like to say, man. But to, to expound a little bit more on Denny, like you said, the fact that he's a willing defender, he's got a skill set at six eight where he can handle the basketball, he can guard threes and fours. In today's positionless basketball, like you said, those are the types of guys that you need. And now his offensive repertoire are going to get the opportunity to shine a little bit more. I think, too, one of the things that we're, you know, as sports fans, too, we – we expect too much too soon from right. guys. you got to remember, Avdia was, going into that draft, was the fourth-ranked player in the draft. Yeah. Wiz got him a little bit later than that, but uh, he, this is his third year, right? And it feels like and it's been longer than that. It <laughs> feels like it's been longer than that, but a lot of the you know the best players, like like you look at Victor, you know, Wembanyama, mm-hmm. who's going to go first. I, I think it's lunacy to expect him to be a 30-10 and 10 guy in that first year, but by year three? I mean, he's going to be a nightmare for teams to deal with. I agree. And so, so you you got to have room to grow in this league, and yeah. and a lot of times we're at the immediacy of the whole thing. We expected yesterday, and it's completely unfair. We're live here from Cap One Arena on the concourse for the Washington Wizards 2023 NBA Draft Party. Uh, it's Liddell Willingham and Chris Naki. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We'll look at some of the Wizards' potential options at pick number eight. Is the fan? Is the 2023 NBA Draft Show here on 106.7 The Fan and simulcasting on our sister station, the Team 980. Linnell Willingham and Chris Naki here with you live out at Capital One Arena on the concourse from the Wizards Draft Party. Naki, we got fans walking by, so uh, if you're in attendance, come by and say hello. A lot of news has happened with this basketball team, really, <laughs> in the last 10 days or so. The Bradley Beal trade uh, earlier this week kind of set things in motion. Uh, we saw Jordan Poole uh, get shipped here earlier today. To me, though, Naki, the thing that's going to most help accelerate this rebuild is Michael Winger and company hitting on these draft picks. They've got four selections tonight, pick number eight, pick number 42, three selections, and uh, pick number 59. At pick number eight, looking at the current makeup of the roster, who do you think are some guys that could potentially be there, and who would you like to see them select? Well, I mean, we talked about it with Craig uh, in the first segment where I, you, I think you ID a couple of guys. Now, clearly, the, you know who the first three picks of the draft are going to be. Right. You don't know necessarily what the order of second and third are. but but So now you've got another three guys. I think there's six guys clearly at the mm-hmm. top of the draft. And if you don't have one of those guys fall to you at eight, 
I think you're you're best served by falling back. And yeah. um, I, I think at the end of the day, they'll do that. Now, let me ask you. If, you know the way the draft is structured. You know the way all professional drafts are structured, where right. you get X number of minutes in between picks. Mm. How long will it take the Spurs to run up to the podium and take Wimbayama? <laughs> well, they, hopefully they don't do an NFL bit where they like to drag the thing out, but th- this has been a foregone conclusion really since, what, last summer? And is that – I've always wondered in the NFL world, mm-hmm. particularly with the first pick, if that's something that is – urged by the league yeah. to, to wait the 15 minutes or what that is an insufferable amount it of time is. in the in the nfl and if you're the prospect i hope you're not feeling like man are they really going to take me <laughs> in the case of victor Wimbayama, of course not i was listening to uh sirius at the nba uh, uh channel on sirius mm-hmm. on the way here and victor and Wimbayama was on there being interviewed yeah and and he was asked an interesting question the question put to him was have the Spurs actually told you <laughs> that you're the number one pick? Right. And he stopped and he said, "No, they haven't." <laughs> you know, but uh, he said, we, "I've had a lot of communication with them, yeah. but nobody's ever said, you know, you're hey, the number you. one pick." Right? Yeah. So, uh, what a great way about him this kid has. Great, yeah, very humble, and and uh, he's not a very good, he, he can't throw a very solid first pitch. Oh my god! Uh, Seeing the picture was, in, was John, crazy. John Wall level pitch, <laughs> but. Um, but at any rate, back to your, the, the original question. Mm-hmm. I think you have some options, and I, I'm sure they've ID'd, you know, one, two, three guys that that they would take if they're there. And if they're not there, you don't have to sit at that pick. You, yeah. Your job now is completely changed in five days. Yeah. You're, you're, the scope of, of your responsibilities now, you're, you're responsible for – you're not responsible ne- necessarily for putting together a team that's winning 50 games and making it – getting into the playoffs yeah. next year. You're looking at a team that's going to win 50 games in three years. Exactly. You know, so the, 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 the scope has changed some. Definitely. And we, we talked about, you talked about it earlier, Chris, Cam Whitmore, and a guy who can come in and change your culture. When you look at what Washington has right now, what, what do you think the identity of the basketball club should be as far as style of play and how they want to get up and down? Well, I think it just needs to be completely different than it has been. Yeah. I think so, <laughs> Safe to say. so, you know, I think the worst thing that you can ever say about a player and the most derogatory thing you can ever say about a team mm-hmm. is call them soft. Yeah. And that, no that is that. a kiss of death, man. Yeah. And, and, like, if somebody refers to you as that, those are fighting words, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so... But but it, it feels like that's kind of what we've seen. Yeah. And if not soft, how about just, eh, yeah, right, meh, meh, meh. yeah. And, and so so that has to change, and and it changes with guys in your locker room. I I, I it's got, let me just give you an aside here. Mm-hmm. I am so impressed by the Grizzlies, and I know they got panned a little bit for the trade. People say they gave up too much to get Marcus Smart. Right. They needed a drill sergeant they in do. the locker room. They did, and, and they needed a. They need first. They need a guy who can play twenty five games for you <laughs> when you don't have job. Right. Uh, secondly, they need a guy who's going to hold everybody accountable, and uh, third, they're going to. They need a guy who will rip your head off if you don't get it done and done correctly. And yeah. so, that's what they went out and got. And now, if I were to have told you, mm-hmm. you were you were sitting in the Grizzlies front office, and I were to, to have told you. Um, on, uh, let's say, two days ago, and I said, all right, Linnell, give me a short list of the 
two or three guys in the league you think can accomplish exactly what we want to accomplish? Who would be at the top of the oh, list? Marcus Smart, Marcus without a Smart. shadow of a doubt. Marcus Smart. And the thing that I love that you brought up about Smart is they, they need an adult in that room. And I think, Chris, looking at the Wizards roster right now, I wonder going into next year who plays that role. Tyus Jones is somebody who's been around the league before yeah. and understands how to be a professional, but... I'm curious to see who they go out and sign in free agency to come in well, and be that grown-up in the room. Well, again, I don't. you don't know who's going to be on that roster. A guy like you know, Gallinari has been in the league forever. He just hasn't played in a couple of years. Right. I mean, he can really score, too. We talked about guys that people will pay to see. Uh, and he, you know, back in his heyday with Denver, uh, he was a, you know, he was a star. He could really score it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know who the, what the answer is. And, I, and part of that is this. I think you need, I think that guy also has to be a player for you. Yeah. You can't be a guy who's can't sitting a at, nobody, the, right. at the end of your bench. Udonis Haslam is the exception to that rule. And, and the reason he's the exception is because of the tenure. He's done it before. Well, he's done. He's also forty-two years exactly. old. He's been on that bench. He's, all, he's also got the right ear or the left ear of Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. So between Spolstra, Riley, and Haslam, you have a self-policing sort of a, a situation there, and and that's something most teams don't have. Yeah, I think whatever veterans that Michael Winger and company are able to bring in here for the early stages of this rebuild, I think they're going to be just as important as some of the assets you get. Because one thing you don't want to do, Chris, is bring a bunch of young guys into a program and have them develop bad habits because that could be detrimental long term. Yeah, and part of that is on your staff, too. You know, yeah. you, you hope. They've lo- a lot of turnover going to be on the staff yeah, next year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that, that's a part of the equation, too. Um, you know, I. You know, this is a big year for obviously for West Hills Junior. And oh, uh, yeah. obviously we we're we're speaking the obvious. So, you know, if you in lieu of having a guy who's been around here and who, you know, who has battled like he has the last couple of years, you know, depending upon who you bring in, you, if you're looking ahead, you may get, want a guy in your bench who's a bit more of a taskmaster. Yeah. You know, a guy, a Nate McMillan-type sort of guy who's just no BS, you know. And uh, and I'm not kicking anybody out the door. Oh, of course I'm just not. saying. I'm just saying. saying you, you you know, there's the chemistry and makeup of your team is, is one of those things that you uh, you can see it. When you don't have it, you can see it. Very true. And when you have it, you can see it, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it's important. All right, so about a half hour away from the first pick being announced, a lot of us – well, the whole world, Chris, expected Victor Wembanyama, the 7'5", 19-year-old phenom out of France, to be selected number one overall by the Spurs. Uh, the Wizards pick first at pick number eight. When we come back, uh, we'll continue to look at some of the options Washington has at pick number eight. Plus, I want to look at Daniel Gafford. He's somebody that's going to be on this roster moving forward. Another young piece that the Wizards have. How does he fit into this picture long term? All that and more coming up next, live from Capital One Arena. This is the fan. The vibes are on 100 out here at Capital One Arena. Lanell Willingham, Chris Sanaki here with you on 106.7. The fans' coverage of the 2023 NBA Draft. Where, like I said, we're live out on the concourse from Capital One Arena. The Wizards are currently having their NBA Draft party. Like I said, the vibes are high. A lot of fans in attendance. This roster, Chris, has been under major reconstruction uh, the past week or so. I wanted to take a look at some of the remaining pieces, Daniel Gafford in particular, and he's coming off a career season uh, where he led the NBA in field goal percentage, rim runner uh, who can block shots and alter shots on the defensive end. ton of potential, and I get excited for Daniel Gafford when I see a playmaking guard like Jordan Poole come over. 
You know what his cap hit is this upcoming year? Daniel Gaffer, I think it's only like $10 million. 12.4. That's uh, complete Which steal. Which is a steal. Yeah. And, well, I mean, still relative to starting centers in the NBA. And uh, obviously they signed him to a multi-year deal a few years ago. I think this is the second year of a three-year deal. And the average hit is like right around $13 million, something Not like that. Not bad at all. So, which isn't bad. And, uh, you know, he, he has certainly shown flashes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, again, you're asking a, a group of guys to grow together. And, um, you know, the other thing is he hasn't over, over outperformed the contract. It's no. not like you have right. to worry about him signing a deal for $30 million a exactly. year elsewhere, or an offer sheet or anything like that. So, um, now, that said, again, there's this huge vacuum of shots that are available now. Mm-hmm. And Gafford's going to be one of those guys that's going to get him. He, you know, he spent some time on the bench because Porzingis was available so much last year. So, all of a sudden, he's going to have opportunities he has not seen right? Uh, with uh, 60 or 70 shots being available here now with those guys gone. And what I'm excited to see from Gafford, Chris, is how he expands his game, right? It's 2023. Every big now in the NBA, it feels like, has expanded their game to the perimeter. If Daniel Gafford could step out and hit the 18-foot jumper with regularity, he becomes a matchup nightmare because, as you know it, Chris, the dude jumps out the gym. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that part that evolution. Maybe he's a maybe he's it's kind of your more traditional player, and that so that brings to mind just a really interesting subject. Mm-hmm. And we got a few minutes here before the draft itself, so we can digress a little bit. You know, you you see all the highlights of uh, Wimbayana and and what he does mm-hmm. and the way he plays. You know, very perimeter, very KD like. You know, in terms of his approach to the game. And one of the things you're seeing with the international guys is they clearly have a different model in terms of practice. You know, oh, yeah. they, they what they're doing is they, they have the guard. It, traditional practices in the United States would used to be, okay, guards on this end, big mm-hmm. guys on that end. Now it's, guards yeah. work on guard stuff, big men work on big men stuff. And so now that's changed a little bit over yeah. the years here. But it, you, I think the Europeans understood that a long time ago and figured it out. So now what you get, you get in a situation where, Six of your ten guys on NBA first and second team, mm-hmm. all NBA, are foreign players, foreign-born. So two other ones, okay, Murray mm-hmm. and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, are in can- from Canada. They're just doing it different. So, so who who's your best American-born player? I guess Tatum would be your best yeah. American-born player right now. I guess but you have to go down the list a little it's bit tough. to get to, to, to Tatum, you know? So uh, that's an interesting part of where we are, too. And, and of course— Victor's already being anointed, mm-hmm. you know, so so he's going to join that list of 10 and, and uh, you know, dilute the numbers even more for American players. But uh, it's evolution, you know, I mean, the world changed in 1992 when the Dream Team went to Barcelona. Yeah. We exported the game. It's, no, it's not an American game anymore. Uh, we don't own it. Uh, we may have once at some point in time, but it's a... It's a world's game. Everybody loves it. That's also why the NBA has all this dough to throw around yeah. because of the international. Constantly because, growing. Because of all that. And people take a look. And all the, I have friends who are NBA naysayers who say, nobody's watching those games. Well, <laughs> you know. You'd be surprised, man. Plenty of people yeah. are watching these games. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're watching from their couch in Fairfax. Exactly. You know? So what we got to see. By the way, number 45, Phil Chenier. Mm-hmm. Over there. Oh, Mr. Phil. Big Time. Oh, Phil's there. Maybe we'll have him come over he to the set here. He is as good as it gets, man. Uh, momentarily. I wanted to ask you, Naki, do you think 
the dominant postseason run and regular season, for that matter, that Nikola Jokic went on. Do you think that maybe is going to change how teams construct their roster and view the traditional center? Because it seems like we were fading away from that. But with Jokic dominating this year, you got to have somebody who can combat that. Yeah, but where do you find those guys? They you know, don't grow do you, on trees, right? They don't grow on trees. Now, you may, you may find a handful of guys like that in 16 or 17 years. Because may have that, that's what yeah. that's what happens. You know, there's an evolution to the sport, to the game, and and I think people understand that big men don't don't have to play block to block. Yeah. You know, they you can you can develop a skill set early on. Kid grows into his body a little bit, and all of a sudden you get a confident, full court, yeah. all court player, and that's uh, I think that's the way you got to approach it. Definitely, a lot of noise right now at the top of the draft. I just got a Twitter notification from Sham Sarnia. Uh, of the athletic so the big talk and discussion right now chris is the draft starts at pick number two with the charlotte hornets and the big discussion and debate is whether or not they're going to go with brandon miller the freshman out of alabama or scoot henderson uh, the kid from the g league ignite if you're both of those teams right now do you think these two dudes are franchise altering talents to where it would be crazy to move back and not take them and try to allocate more picks and resources I think that Scoot is the best guard in the draft. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you want to take him. But here's the problem with Scoot. So Charlotte's got the second pick. They've got a point guard. They do. Lamella Ball, who's damn good when he's, when he's healthy, yeah. right? And so can you play those two guys together? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then all of a sudden you take Brandon Miller. The thing I like about Brandon Miller is that he's really skilled, shoots the ball really well. The thing I don't like about Brandon Miller is he – he really struggled with the one game in the in the NCAA tournament um, that they played against San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State is the only team in the tournament that played really NBA style defense, where Physical they maul you, yeah. you know. And Brandon Miller did nothing. He struggled in that game. So against, you worry about how that translates I, to the well, next level? I think he's one of those guys that in year three is going to be dramatically better than he yeah. is in year one. Scoots in a position to help you more in the first year. Okay, now you take it one more step. Now, so you decide to take Brandon Miller as that second pick. Now Scoot drops to number three. Portland's got a pretty good point guard, but there's that acrimony there. I mean, it's a pretty good problem. I feel like. Well, I mean, can you? Would you play them together? Maybe. Would you? Would you make? Would you make an attempt to make Damian Lillard a happy camper by parlaying that number three pick into a certified? You know, uh, uh, you know, guy, uh, Tonto, yeah. you know, a guy who can really be good alongside Lillard. So there's some – it's not as set in stone. It's going to be fireworks tonight, <laughs> I mean, bottom line. I don't know, man. I'm kind of grown tired of the whole Damian Lillard experience in, in Portland. I understand being loyal to a player, but think about what they have already, Naki. Anthony Simons is going to be an all-star in the future. You have the number three overall pick, and two great guards are going to be available for you. Why not? Flip Damian Lillard, tell him thank you for everything you've done for this organization, and recoup and re- reset this rebuild that they're about to go into. I, I think or retooling, I'll call I, it. I, I, yeah, I'm going to just throw this out there. I could be dead wrong, uh-huh. way, way loud wrong, you know, but I, I think the small market thought process is a little different. I think Portland is one of those. They feel like they can't it's, get a it's, star. It, and I think that he's a homegrown guy. Yeah. You know, he went to Weber State out there, not too far away, you know, and I, I just think that. I think that their thought process is he's a homegrown, he's one of us. Yeah. And I think they're far more inclined than, like, the Clippers would be. To let, yeah, to to let somebody like that go. I, I, I just think there's a little difference there. That's all. 
Yeah, that's going to be one of the number one storylines we follow here tonight. Uh, it's the first round of the NBA draft. Get ready to start in about 20 minutes. Victor Wembanyama to the Spurs uh, is the anticipated pick. After that, it's going to be fireworks. Uh, we're out here live at Capital One Arena on the concourse here at the Wizards NBA draft party. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll assess the trades that's happened here in the past 48 hours for the Washington Wizards. We'll give you the full details on how Jordan Poole is now a member of the Washington Wizards. That's next here on the fan. Welcome back. It's Liddell Willingham and Chris Naki out here on the you, concourse. You never know who you're going to run to at the Wizards you draft You never party, know, right? man. Mark Fratto coming over and hanging it. out with us for a little bit. We're live out here on the concourse, though, from Capital One Arena. Liddell Willingham, Chris Naki. Wizards 2023 NBA draft party going on right now. As Naki just mentioned, a lot of familiar faces in the building. We'll have some guests stop by the program before we get out of here as well. Naki, we're about 15 minutes away, man, from the first overall pick being announced. Before we get to that, want to recap how we got here, man, because it has been an eventful uh, past 48 hours for the Washington Wizards. The full haul, Naki, for Bradley Beal and Chris Stapps Porzingis. They turned that into Jordan Poole from the Golden State Warriors, Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies, Landry Shamit from the Phoenix Suns, eight second-round picks, four first-round pick swaps, and one protected first. We knew a teardown was coming. They tore this thing down to the studs. <laughs> blowtorch. Right it was a blowtorch. Right yeah. And I, I think that we could see it coming. The silliest thing in the world is to continue doing business as usual right. when it's not working, right? And so... Uh, what they did was what they had to do, and uh, some people would say it came a year or two too late, but it, it, came, happened. it happened, you know, right. and that's that's the whole point. Now, you get to the point where, before we even get to it, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Looking back at this, considering how little leverage they had going into the week, that's, yeah. that's a pretty decent haul. Uh, yeah. They had no leverage over Beal because of the no trade. Porzingis could have opted out and gone anywhere. Ultimately, one of the things that saved them there is the fact that, uh, I guess, reading between the lines, Porzingis <laughs> wanted to be have an opportunity to play for a winner. Exactly. And and that's why he opted in at the 11th hour so that he could get to Boston. And I'm also not, not sure how hot other teams in the NBA were as far as his market and what type of value he was going to get. That player option was worth $36 million. Based on his injury history, I think GMs around the league will be hesitant to commit long-term to a guy like that. Well, one of the things that, you know, and I know you read it too, uh-huh. and, it, it, and it, some of it is just comical as hell, there was some speculation early on in the week before all this happened about Porzingis going back to New York, which then had insane. most of all the <laughs> Nick fans in the world take to, you know, Twitter and, go and crazy. just go berserk. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that there was ever a, 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 a chance of that happening. But I will tell you this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the other way mm. on the market for him because I thought last year, I mean, everybody's sort of guilty of uh, recency bias. Very true. And so this year he played in like 65 games, and right? career numbers across the board. I mean, everything. He did yeah. everything well. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that people were attracted by. Yeah. And everybody thinks they're social workers and of miracle course. workers, and it's going to be different for me than it was for everybody else. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a that's a part of why there was an allure. I don't know that I don't know about the, how huge the market was. Yeah. I think that there were a lot of people. Willing to shop, maybe not willing to buy. Right. But certainly a lot of people willing to shop. Yeah, definitely. It, look, and you know with these things, all it takes is picking up the phone, right? And then you end up with a deal. It was so crazy doing the show last night, Naki. 
Going into the 10 o'clock hour, Woj comes on the TV in studio and says, oh, the trade's off. fell apart. Yeah, man. I was like, no. What's going on? Is somebody being greedy? We obviously find out that Malcolm Brogdon and his medicals is why that deal ended up getting nixed. Credit to Michael Winger and Will Dawkins, though. This is the first real hurdle that they've had to go through here since they've gotten to D.C., and they passed with flying colors. Yeah, and and I was listening to Woj a little bit earlier today that Brogdon injury is significant. Yeah. And, and that's also one of those things that may be impactful. People look at Boston like they're, you know, the, the ascension is inevitable. Eh, maybe. You know, I mean, you, Marcus Smart was a key part of the equation Very for a true. lot of years. You still have to have Brown and Tatum coexist. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with, uh, do, you, do you supermax Jalen Brown? I think you I mean, got to. Uh, uh, that's a lot of money. It is. But the one thing we were talking about earlier, I think the front office and the brain trust in Boston, they're comfortable giving that money to Jalen Brown because they know who he is. You don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to work on his game or not. From a basketball fit, I, I think it's interesting to go with two wings. It's sort of like the build in L.A. with the Clippers. They can't really play off of each other in four switches because they got the same type of dudes guarding them. Yeah. And I, I think, too, maybe the thought is, and I, I, I could be wrong here, I think maybe Brown is one of those guys that becomes kind of the new voice of that locker room. Maybe, yeah. Tatum's a quiet guy. Just like Bradley Bill. Porzingis, quiet guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, Derek, Derek White's a quiet guy. By nature, he's just out there making shot after shot. But, <laughs> Big but, time. But you don't know who that guy And Malcolm Brogdon is an intelligent as could possibly be. But he's quiet by nature, too. Yeah. So maybe that's a a part of that thought process as well. And it's interesting what Boston has brewing because, Chris, Washington could follow that model. Uh, Hitting on your lottery picks and Jalen Brown uh, and Jason Tatum and then filling out the rest of your roster with later round picks and then free agents, it's huge to hit on. Them acquiring Al Horford a couple of years ago. Remember, it was between Washington and Boston uh, as to who was fighting for his services. We talked about this a little bit earlier. It's great to have young pieces, but I'm interested to see what veterans Michael Winger uh, and company bring in here because those guys are just as important to the rebuild as the young cats are. Well, and, and Al Horford is a pro's pro. Exactly. You know, and, and I'll show I, you how to get it done. He's also going to embrace having Porzingis in there. Porzingis does some of the things that Al does in terms of space in the floor a mm-hmm. little bit. He's just three or four inches bigger. And he's got a, you know, a, a marvelous skill set. I think they've been frustrated by by Al a little bit. Um, and, you know, he's gotten a little long in the tooth. Yeah. He's been around the block a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Williams, the other guy. Uh, the, the Robert other, Williams. Ro- Robert Williams is just one of those guys. He was hurt most of the last year. Hasn't quite evolved yeah. like, they, like they had hoped. So, you know, Porzingis, I think, answers the call for them in a lot of ways. But there's still some question marks with him. It definitely is, man. And there are some question marks here at Capital One Arena still. Who's going to be here next year for the Washington Wizards? We understand Jordan Poole is probably going to be a part of this thing, at least till the trade deadline. Tyus Jones is a nice veteran that they brought in. We were talking about the young pieces earlier. We didn't bring up Washington's first-round pick from last year, Chris, Johnny Davis. And I want to give a ton of credit to Coach Mike Williams and General Manager Amber Nichols down at the Capital uh, City Go-Go. They improved this young man's confidence to a point where it was like, wow, night and day difference from the beginning of the regular season in the summer league to the end of the year. What he did in that final 10 games of the season, Chris, maybe he's fighting for a starting spot next year. Well, I mean, so that's a big question to me, too, is he was such a different guy mm-hmm. the last month of the season than he was the first month of the season. That was a disaster. Yeah. And it clearly wasn't ready for prime time. And, uh, 
But, you know, he learned his lesson. He's a bright guy. If you listen to him talk, um, and, you know, he learned. And I think he, he took the lessons to heart. You mentioned what they did down in, you know, uh, down with a go-go. And you don't see guys ascend quite like that all the no. time. And, and, and to have that happen, you, the guy has to be willing to do it and to put in the work. And he clearly put in the work. Definitely, man. And, look, I think it speaks to the culture that they've developed down there with the go-go. Hopefully that can rise up to the big league squad. I'm curious to see, though, man, how do they use all these assets? Because I don't believe they have their first-round pick next year. I think that belongs to either the New York Knicks or the Oklahoma City Thunder. i got to double-check that. But tonight is the first opportunity for this group to put their stamp on things. It was a foregone conclusion that they were going to tear this thing down to the studs. Anybody can make trades. I'm not trying to talk down on what they did, but the hard part is, like you like to say, Chris, the NBA draft is no exact science, right? It's an art form. And I want to see the paintbrush of Michael Winger and I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things they have to do is they have to outrun their history of draft yes. picks because they have had a pretty miserable history. And and you know what? To be fair, uh, there are a lot of organizations that miss on picks. Uh, and, you know, uh, Steph Curry was passed over by plenty of teams. The mailman, you know, went, yep. uh, you know, between 10 and 15. There are plenty. Giannis. Yeah. You know, I mean, Milk plenty, plenty of people miss. But uh, they don't miss all the time. Yeah. And so this is one of those things you have to sort out, run that history a little bit, and change this mojo, draft yeah. mojo. Real quick, while we got a second here, Naki, Washington has a number 42 pick in the second round and the number 59 pick in the second round. When you're drafting at, at, at these later picks, what do, you, what do you think is the key and the number one thing that they're looking for? Because I feel like because the roster's young, Maybe if I can get some four-year college players to come in here and contribute right away, maybe that helps accelerate your rebuild a little bit. Maybe. And maybe also that they, they you know, get a European that they can stash overseas mm-hmm. for a year. Develop them. Um, and, and bring them back uh, over the course of, you know, the next year or two. Uh, I think you have some options there. The other thing that you, you know, you may be able to parlay them into something I, I, it, you know, I think the hope is, too, is that when you get into the second round, somebody else sees – some other organization sees somebody that they like who's available. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're knocking on your door and you have the leverage. You know, exactly. you have an opportunity to maybe parlay that into something uh, substantial. And then, you know, even parlay it into a veteran guy yeah. on a favorable contract that yeah. you can bring in here, somebody that you like, somebody that you think can help you, and somebody that thinks you'll – that you think will be positive in terms of the growth and development of the young guys that you have as your core. Yeah. I was saying it last night, man, for the first time, and I'm a 25-year-old, so I haven't seen pretty much any success of the Washington Wizards. Gilbert Arena shares were good. The John Wall years were good. For the first time in a long time, man, Washington Wizards fans all across the DMV, for the first time in a long time, they have a real identity and a direction that they're trying to go in. And tonight, man, the first opportunity for this group to put their fingerprints uh, on this new roster. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have the number one pick announced, hopefully. The San Antonio Spurs getting ready to get on the clock. It is 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980's coverage of the 2023 NBA Draft. When we come back, the San Antonio Spurs on the clock, and we all know who we expect them to take. Victor Wembenyama. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t